He's wanting us to go back to the ancient past, to the old ways, the good ways. That it's not something new per se, but it's something old. It's called surrender. He doesn't need a bunch of our ideas and some of our thoughts. He wants the old way, the old pathway where we surrender to Jesus and he can have it all. That we're gonna be a people, we're gonna be a church that surrenders to the Lord. be the first to go. I'll be honest with you, in preparing to, to, to teach this week, I'll be real honest with you, I really did not want to teach today. Because I, I found that I'm in a place, I've been in a place the past couple of weeks, maybe the past month and a half or so, where I found myself spending time with Jesus in order to get a message to speak to you. to the Lord, Lord, give me a message, give me a word, and then so I can speak it, and then we can just keep the thing going. And this week, as I was praying, I was like, Lord, I really don't want to teach and preach this week, because I don't want to live this lifestyle where I'm just spending time with you in order to do something for someone else. I want to spend time with you because I love you. And so when that word about the heart. I found this place in my heart that I just, I'm like, that's not okay with me. And I know it's not okay with Jesus. So he's calling us back to the ancient paths, the old ways, where you just grab the word and you just sit with the Lord and you're just with him, just to be with him. Where we could gather together on a Sunday and there's no songs for, for 25 minutes because we're with the Lord. So can we surrender to the, to the Lord Jesus this morning? Can we take the next five minutes or so, maybe even longer, to surrender to the Lord again, to turn and repent for things we've been doing that he's not okay with, thinking we need to go this way or that way, and he's saying, no, go the old way, go the way that nobody else is going, go into the secret place where no one else is at, everyone's on social media, everyone's busy doing this and that, go where no one else is at, go the road least traveled. church, we're going to be a people who go the way that God wants us to go. I don't care what other churches are doing. Don't care what the best, the latest, greatest idea is to get people to come to church or the lights, camera, actions. We want the Lord in this place. We want God's flood to come. In order for his flood to come, we need to surrender to him. So can we corporately surrender to him? And if you're saying you don't need to surrender, I would even question, are you really really following Jesus or are you following your own desires? 
you need to stand, if you need to come forward to the altar, you need to, to, to change what you're doing just to get your heart right, let's do that. But let's corporately, let's surrender to Jesus. So if that means you start praying out loud, pray out loud. You start crying, crying. Let's surrender this morning to the Lord. Let's give him what he wants. He wants our hearts. Let's give him our hearts this morning. Let's give him our minds. Let's give him everything that we have to offer.
Corinthians when it talks about when the Lord begins to move in prophecy and words of knowledge or different types of things, that there should be order. And so we actually have a little line right here that's kind of started. I feel like the spirit of prophecy is here. So they're just going to release what they sense the Lord is saying to them. And I want you to know the reason they're able to do this is because we actually know them. That this is done relationally and I trust the spirit of the Lord in them. And it doesn't mean everything they say will be exactly, exactly biblical, but that's what we're aiming for. We want the spirit of prophecy to move according to the word. And so when you hear these words go forth, test them. Don't do a disservice to yourself and not test what's being spoken from the, the pulpit. Amen? So I just want you to turn your receptors on, and we're just going to go for it. This morning, I was sitting with the Lord, and he showed me a vision that he had shown me last week. And as Allison began singing her beautiful song about rejoicing, he showed me the vision again. He said, tell my people, my people need encouraging. He said, tell my people. So this, this is the vision I was you know, seeing a vision of heaven. And Jesus was standing there, and his body was all around him as far as I could see, all his people. And they were clapping, they were rejoicing, they were singing, they were laughing, and they were just congratulating. And it was such a rejoicing like I've never seen. And it just went on and on. And then on the edge, I saw this person, and they it was dark, but as they walked into that, all of this rejoicing was for them. And they were saying, congratulations, you made it. Your rewards are fulfilled here. Everything is here for you. Congratulations, you did great. And then I saw another person on the side, and they walked in. The same thing happened. Congratulations, you made it. You did great. All re your rewards are here. They were just rejoicing. The crowd kept growing and growing as each person walked in to God's kingdom, his body there. Jesus was so happy, and they were all following him. It was amazing. And I stood there, and I waited for the next person to come in. And Jesus looked over at me. <laughs> Excuse me. He does. And it was like me. So I walked in, and all that rejoicing, and all that laughter, and joy, and love, and the congratulations. You made it. Your rewards are here. You made it. And he said, that's my body. They're coming in one at a time to be congratulated. I want them to know how special they are. They have rewards here. They finished the work. And some are still doing the works. I'm still doing the works. I'm still here. But I have that in heaven because we know there's no time limit. It's multidimensional. So Jesus says, my body's growing. 
they're coming in all the time. Tell them, encourage them with this word. This is from me to them so they can come in too. In Jesus' name, amen. me to share out of Isaiah 55, his word over us this morning. I saw a, a car on the way in. It had a like a magnetic sign on the side that said, taste and see. And it had, taste and see, the Lord is good. And I believe that has just carried me through what I'm going to share. So, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Our our souls are thirsty for the living water that Jesus gives us. And he who hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk. And I believe the wine is the new wine, and the milk is the milk of the word. Without money and without price. Therefore do ye spend, or wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. How is your soul feeling? Is it feeling fed, well fed? Well, the Lord calls us to delight in him, and he makes our soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me, here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that knowest not, and nations that know not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God. I believe the Lord is telling us, don't fret about what the other nations are doing, the craziness in the world, because the Lord is calling, and he's working throughout the world. He's working in the hearts of the nations. And the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. So seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. For thy thoughts are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, make it bring forth and bud, and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So thy word be that goeth forth from out of my mouth it shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing thereof I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name and for an everlasting shine, sign that shall not be cut off. Thank you, Lord, for your word. this morning I could hear the Lord say that this is holy ground that we're on it's holy and as I was there I could see several people entering into the holy of holies but the Lord was saying that there was some of you that were holding back and he showed me the veil and the veil was there and the people that were that were seeking God and into the Holy Holies were in there. But I saw that most of them were thinking that the veil was still there. And he says, he wanted me to tell you that the veil has been rent. It has been rent and that he's calling, he's wooing us to come in. He wants to, he's a God of consuming fire, we know, but he's also a loving God. And this is a Kairos moment for us. Right now, it's holy. And God wants us to step in step in and know of him. Come and learn of him. He wants us to just put your arms around him. Most of you are probably thinking that I don't want God to see what I really am if I get so close. That's what he wants. He wants our heart. He wants our ability to just fellowship with him. So I'm sensing the Lord is trying to tell us to come in. Come into the Holy of Holies. He wants to suffer. Father God, I just thank you right now for this congregation. We thank you for what you're doing in a people, Father God. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're going to do much more in each one of us. We ask that this day that you would continue in us, through us, Father God, for the rest of this week and the rest of this time that we have here with you, Lord. We just ask that you would come in and that you would just do the things that we need in our lives to make us more like you, Jesus, and less of us. Amen. to encourage us not to be afraid to come into his presence because that is where we receive our source. That's where we receive uh, the living water that refreshes us, renews us, and even where we can receive from the Holy Spirit the ability to surrender to him the things that he's calling us to surrender. Because if we're trying to surrender and just doing it in and of, of, in and of ourself, 
it will be exhausting. It will cause weariness and infirmity and discouragement. But if we, if we do every single thing out of the presence of the Lord and come to him daily and hourly and, and even unceasingly, then that is where we can receive the ability to do everything God's calling us to do. I think there's some who are feeling afraid of the Lord's presence, like Brother Ray was saying, because of mess ups and because of sin. And the Lord reminded me of Romans five, where he says, God shows his love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if he died for us while we were still enemies of God, how much more is he eager to forgive us and renew us now that we've come to him? And some of us are discouraged about coming into his presence because we feel that we don't hear well or hear correctly what he's saying, or we don't know how to discern what he's leading us to do. But the Lord isn't worried about our mistakes. He wants us to come to him and live according to our convictions as best we can. But it's his presence that empowers us. And so often, even if we maybe hear wrong because of the grace that we receive from his presence, the Lord will work all things together for our good because we love him and are called according to his mercy, but it's his presence that enables us. And so the music today, even the last song we sang and all the words, I think are a reminder that it's out of his presence that we do every single thing that he's called us to do. If we're not living according to his presence, then we can't live as a New Testament church. We can't live a spirit-filled and anointed life that he's called us to. It's all based on him. So Lord, I just pray God that you would pull us into your presence. We just thank you for how sweet your presence is, that we can't receive true encouragement, true spiritual encouragement without being in your presence, that we can't receive renewing and refreshing, not truly without your presence, God. So Lord, I just pray for every person who's feeling afraid or feeling discouraged or feeling that they're unworthy, Lord, that you would come and encourage them to seek you, Lord, to wait upon the Lord, that more than the watchman waits for the morning, Lord, we would wait for you. Lord, that we would be a body that waits for you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that those who have been coming to you, Lord, and, and receiving refreshment will even see, Lord, and that you will point out to them through your spirit, those who need refreshing, Lord, and that they would be, Lord, your hands, Lord, that they would come and speak, Lord, your words of refreshing and renewing. And for those who are discouraged, Lord, that you would build up, Lord, build them up in you, build them up in your presence, Lord, woo them into your love. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are true, everlastingly, eternally loving and kind and merciful, Lord, to those who you have called. Lord, we thank you and we praise you and bless your name.
Brandon mentioned uh, surrendering. And even when Mason was singing, I felt strongly that there was um, Romans 8, 19 was on my heart. It says, for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly, eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So I just felt very strongly, even, even as we were going through that and, and Mason was beginning to sing those things over us that uh, the rocks would not cry out. I felt, I heard the Lord say, uh, covenant alignment. So I just believe even here, even now within our midst through a maturing process, that there is a covenant alignment that sons and daughters are coming to that is centered on the creation and coming into the fullness of what God has for us, that creation would look on in eager expectation and sons and daughters would come into their rightful place through covenant alignment. Covenant first with the Lord, but covenant also with one another. And when Brandon shared about the ancient past, I heard the Lord say, don't slip. And what I believe that means is that the carnal mind so often would, would have the propensity to slip into old thinking. And that ancient past aren't to be mistaken for, for the ancient ways within you. That old thinking is not to be correlated with the ancient past. That you can walk the ancient past, but take caution to not slip into old thinking. And so I believe the Lord would say, don't slip. But there is a covenant alignment here amongst this people that we're seeing a maturity coming forth that no longer would rocks have to cry out, but he would find here in our midst one sons and daughters that are coming into the fullness. So I just declare even now, God, amongst our people through covenant alignment, sons and daughters would step into their kingdom purpose. And here in Lakeland, there would be a shaking that even the creation would look on in expectation. And Lord, we would not allow for the rocks to cry out in lieu of the sound that you've put in each one of us here. That the ancient paths that are being walked are set by the one who is worthy. The ancient paths that you've called us to are covered with the blood stains of the sacrificial lamb and the renewing of new creation, new minds, new thinkings that would not slip into old ways. So I just even say, God, have your way within us. Mature us as a people. Mature us as a body that we would keep first love our focus keep a cry within us, a, a longing, a yearning, a groaning for the second coming of the one whose throne is established in justice. In Jesus' name. felt stirred by the Lord's heart about what was happening in the room. And I felt like he wanted us to have his perspective, to hear a bit of commentary from him on what exactly was going on. As we were singing to the Lord, there was a shift and a change that happened 
We went into an instrumental. We were singing spontaneously to the Lord. And I mean, me personally, I, I found my own heart start to disconnect. I was like, oh, I, I was in the song. I wanted to go back to the song. And I felt my own heart kind of disconnect and I just kind of pressed in a little bit further. And the shift that took place within this room was we were priesting. We actually moved into a place of being priests to the Lord, ministering to his heart. That's different than I'm, I'm singing worship songs corporately. We began to, as a corporate Mary, minister to the heart of Jesus. We acted as Levites. Israel was called as a nation of priests, but then there was a set-apart group that ministered collectively, round the clock, solely to the Lord as full-time ministers and priests. We actually were acting like that this morning. And I don't know if you've noticed over the last year or so, the Lord has been doing that more and more in our worship. That's not been planned. None of it's been planned. None of it's been contrived. But the Holy Spirit is beginning to move in our worship services like this, where our sole ambition is to touch his heart. It's one thing to come Sunday morning hungry and even have expectancy, but it's another thing to show up, Lord, touch my heart. If the only thing that happened this morning was that we touched him, we moved him, he was stirred, he was touched by his sons and daughters ministering to him, what what greater goal could we have? If we touched him today, that was church. If we met and and touched him and moved him, that was church. And so I feel the Lord say that he's going to be doing this more and that we need to be ready to move with him. Again, none of it's planned. There is no plan of, okay, here's what we're going to do Sunday morning. We're just going to do an instrumental. Like that's not planned. But as the Holy Spirit's moving, that the other thing I felt the Lord highlight, because even in the midst of my own heart, not knowing what to do in that exact moment, did anyone else feel that? You don't have to raise your hand. But it's okay if it's awkward. It really is. It really is okay if, man, I actually, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not particularly being stirred. But Lord, I'm here. And I want to move you. I want to engage you. I want to experience you for you, for your sake. It's okay if it's awkward. It really is. And he's not thrown off by our uncomfortability. He's really not. But he is inviting us into a place of intimacy that was not here in past seasons. There's something that he's increasing and he's inviting us closer to his heart. Revelation 4, when... You've got the four living creatures ministering and burning before the Lord, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Typically, when we think throne room, we think it's only about seeing his physical beauty, the burning one. And it is that, right? When you look at transcendent beauty, you're undone, right? But I felt even this morning in worship for for some of us that were going, I don't really, like I'm not seeing anything. (laughs) Trying to imagine something. I, I don't really know how to engage exactly. They're not only looking upon beauty. 
they're declaring him as the one who was and who is and who is to come. It's not only the beauty of his presence and the beauty of his physical being. It's also the beauty of who he is shown by what he's done. What he is doing and what he's going to do. If you're not seeing anything, that's okay. Declare what he's done. If you're not seeing or feeling anything, declare what he is doing right now in this church, in this nation, in the earth. If you're not seeing anything, declare, Lord, you said you're going to do this in our country. You said you're going to do this in our church. You said you're going to do this in my family. And guess what? Even greater than that, this is what you've promised about the future, about your coming, about the age to come. I feel the Lord say, there's far more of me that you could grab onto than, okay, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, okay, eyes of fire, eyes of fire, eyes of fire, okay. And that's legitimate. His eyes of fire alone can undo you and keep you there for an entire month. <laughs> that is enough. But I feel the Lord say, I want to give you keys and things to grab onto. When you don't know what to do, there's more of me to lay hold of than I want you to. Again, he wants us to. It's why he's doing this more and more right now. And we need to recognize the level of intimacy that he's pulling us into. He's doing this. He's doing this. So, Father, I just ask for your son's inheritance in us. When you think of heart of the Father as a people, I'm asking for every desire in your heart, us corporately and individually, us as our families. Let there not be one desire in your heart that's not met, that falls short. Would you have your perfect desire? Because with your desire is perfect enablement. Have your desires for us. In Jesus' name. Just as Brandon was talking about surrendering our hearts and our past, uh, scripture came to me and I kept fighting it, but the Spirit moved me up here. It's Joel 2, uh, verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. He is gracious, for he is compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing, grain offering, and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the, blow the trumpet in Zion and declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly, gather all the people, concentrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride and her, and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance 
an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. What, what should we say among the peoples? Where is this God? The Lord answered, jealous for his land, and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I am sending you new grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again I will make you an object of scored nations. prophecies going on, which is amazing. And if you were like me a couple years ago, hearing a bunch of prophecies was, okay, what is going on here? Um, or if you hear something and it kind of gives you a little ping in your heart, you hear it, but you don't know what to do with it. And so we were in a class with Derek teaching on prophecy, and I spent a year learning about prophecy and part of prophecy is application. And so when you give one, you're supposed to give an application. I felt like the Lord was giving that to me for this body. And um, part of that is for me to be vulnerable. And I don't want to. <laughs> so um, if the Lord is inviting us to go under his way so that we can be above it when the tsunami comes, there's application to that. And when Janet was speaking about being the sin to entangle you, there is application to get detangled. And so the application, guys, it starts with knowing who Jesus is. And he forgave us. And I think a lot of us sitting in this room have a lot of unforgiveness in our hearts. And we need to get to the root of that so that we can come above the tsunami. You are not going to make it above the tsunami if you don't get to the root of why you are under it to begin with. And the Lord came for that. He came for that. And sometimes I didn't believe that he came for me. And he did come for his people. That's true. And he is coming back for his people. You need to learn that. But he did also come for you. And so in application, if we could just pray, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this body. Grant them the gift of repentance. <laughs> Father, grant them the gift of repentance. Repentance spells relief. This weekend, I repented of something that I held on to for 30 years of my life. For 30 years of my life, the offense built a fence with my family. And this weekend, I just, he just downloaded to me who he was. I've been on a journey of finding out who he was. And he said, you can go there. And I went there and I slept like a baby. Do you want relief? Do you want relief, church? Do you want it? If you want it, you have to repent. You have to get messy. Get messy. 
And the last application I'm going to give you is get a friend in your corner that is for you, that is going to lift you up and walk you there when you can't. Get that friend that is for you, that you can be vulnerable to, and they are not going to hold it against you. They are not going to hold it against you because Jesus is not holding this against you, church. This is not condemnation and shame. He's saying, come to me. There is relief. And so that is the application for these words. If we want all these things for this body, if we want to sit here and minister to the Lord, you have got to get messy at home with him. You have got to do that, church. Forgive your mother. Forgive your father. Forgive your children. Do it. It's relief. And you can only do that with Christ. You can only do that with Christ. So what's happening this morning is not a new thing. It's an old thing you have multiple people being moved by the Spirit of God. What's interesting, at most churches, this would be something new they're doing. Like, wow, that's never happened before in a service. But according to 1 Corinthians, it's an old thing. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Somebody say all. all. Jesus, I'm telling you, he is so excited right now. He loves when this happens. You might get irritated because you're like, oh, I don't know what they're saying, or I feel like this is just disjointed a little bit. No, no. Jesus loves when his body can express what the Holy Spirit is saying. So if you need to repent from what Jay was sharing, I think Mason was sharing with me something very similar, then repent. If you need to surrender some things, then surrender. There's so many things God is doing. You can't just say he's doing one thing. He's doing so many different things. And that's what you're hearing right now. Like, God, which one is it? It's all. It's everything. And he's trying to get us to come underneath that wave. I was literally praying last night, Allison and I were, we were praying that, that the Lord would express himself through his people. I was literally praying last night, Lord, be honest, I do not feel like teaching. Would you express yourself through your people? I'm telling you, did I not pray that? Man, the Lord does answer some prayer, huh? Some of you may be thinking, well, man, I feel like the elders should be taking the lead. Is it okay that the Lord expresses leadership from the body a little bit? So that's what's happening. So as people share, I just want you to kind of disarm yourself. It's okay if it doesn't come out in a way that you like it or whatever. Just be open. The Lord has spoken several different words this morning. I don't need to teach. Matter of fact, I gave you the notes already, so you already know what's going on. You guys got something you want to say? David Ray? 
I feel like Barry got something to say. Barry, say something. <laughs> Barry, just. Okay. You guys love this guy? I love these brothers that I run with. I really believe I would take a bullet for them. It's, it's real. And we love you guys. We talk about it all the time. You guys are a treasure to the Lord and to us. So now we're going to receive the offering. So, so there was no rejoicing there. Um, this is a beautiful time. I was in Indiana last week at a church called Our Father's House. They have a real similar DNA to ours and a lot of new converts. As the ushers are getting ready, come on up. I just want to share this one story. So when I was there, 100, maybe 120, their little buildings is packed out to the gills. There's no seats. People are standing around the edges. It was really cool. But there's a freshness there because so many of them were new converts. There were people there that had just come to Jesus within a couple of months, a few months. So the lead elder there, the brother Paul, they're, they're building this work to a dear friend. And he was whispering in my ear. There's a brother down front. And he's praying and he's pouring out his heart to Jesus. And he tells me, he, he says, you know this brother? He says, he just came to the Lord four or five months ago. And he was in this crazy relationship where he had divorced his first wife. And then they were back in this polyamorous relationship where he's hooking up with his wife and this other lady. And it's just all this weird cycle. And Jesus broke through and said, no, you're mine. And here he is, tears pouring down his face, lifting up his hands, crying out to Jesus, Lord, we just want you. So beautiful. There's a freshness there that reminds us. I think when we have walked with the Lord for a while, we lose the impact and the poignancy and the power of what happens when the gospel takes hold of our life. And so um, we were able to share there. We did a marriage intensive from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on a Saturday. That was a long day. 25 young couples with young children, most of them young. And it was, it was a great time. Then Sunday morning I preached. So I preached on discipleship because here you got all these new disciples. And one of the verses that I shared was a verse that I'm about to read to you, which has marked my life for a number of years, still marks it. And it's, it's Luke chapter 14, verse 33. I'm going to read that to you. Jesus said, so therefore, no one of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. So for us who've walked with the Lord for a while, we automatically rationalize that. Well, he actually didn't mean that, but, but he did mean that. And so I shared that. What, what does that mean, give up all your own possessions? What it means is that Jesus is saying, when you come to me, you permanently renounce your ownership over everything in your life. Whether it's your life, your wife, your children, your parents, your stuff, your house, your money, you permanently renounce ownership of it and you signed everything over to me because that's the trade in the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure buried in a field and for joy he goes and sells He sells everything he has to buy that field so he can have that treasure. So here's the trade. In the kingdom, you trade everything you have, everything, including all your stuff, to get the treasure of the kingdom. 
and the treasure of the kingdom is worth infinitely more than everything that we have. And here's the beauty of it. Jesus is not a taker. He's a total giver. So why does he tell us we have to give up everything? Because he wants our heart to be free. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Right? This is freedom. People who don't have a consistent outflow of their money, I'm going to tell you the truth right now. Is this okay? If, if you don't have a consistent outflow of your money, and I'm not saying heart of the Father, don't give it here if you don't want to. But if there's not a consistent outflow of money from your life, then you're in bondage and you're not free. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And if you're like this, no, no. And we rationalize by looking and pointing to preachers that the devil has sent in who built people. Yeah, the devil sent them to cast a shadow over what Jesus wants to do. That's a real thing. But to our own hurt. And so I, after I shared, and I shared this verse as one of the things because it's in my heart. A new convert comes up to me. He'd been, he told me, I've been saved for four years. I mean, four months. I just came to Jesus out of the world, out of drug addiction. He said, I, I get what you're saying, and I see what Jesus said. I'm, I'm willing to give up everything. He, he tells me sincerely, looking in my eye, should I just go ahead and sell everything I've got right now? I wanted to cry right there. I said, brother, that's such a beautiful heart. Here's the thing. You signed it over to Jesus. Whatever he says to do with it, you're going to do because you don't own it anymore. Now you're just a steward. You're managing somebody else's money. It's not your money. But realizing that is the key to freedom, I said, listen, here's what I'm going to suggest. Start by giving 10%. And then if you feel like you're supposed to give some radical amount, like give away your car that you need for work or something like that, come to the leadership in the church and ask them to help you to decide if that's the real thing or not. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Jesus said that. That's what I'm going to do. I just release everything. And for joy. Come on. The kingdom is about joy. Releasing your stuff and your money is not about the preacher getting an elevator in his house, okay? That's that's all garbage. It's garbage. It's about your heart being free and really attached to eternity. And if you don't have an outflow of your stuff, your heart is not attached to eternity. I'm telling you the truth that will help set you free. Oh, you just want my money. No, I don't. I'm saying don't give it here. Don't give it here. When I went there, I I didn't let him... You're not going to take an offering from me. No, I don't want your money. Jesus wants your heart. That's what this is about. So offering is just a reminder that I've already signed over everything to Jesus. Lord, whatever you say, I release it. I'm telling you something that will help you. This has brought such joy and freedom into my own heart over my walk with the Lord. It's a real thing. So it's a privilege to be able to release and to remind ourselves and to tell the Lord, my stuff is not mine, it's yours. And I'll release it however you say. If you don't have an outflow now, if you're a river where everything flows into yourself, you need to change the course of your river and let there be an outflow because the kingdom of God is releasing everything to Jesus. And at the end of the day, whatever we don't release to him binds us. That's why he wants us to release everything, because he wants us to be free. That's pretty good preaching.
All right, come on. Let's receive the offering then. So lift your hands up. Don't curl your fingers under because it's not yours. Just release. Say, Lord, we release everything, all of our stuff. We made this, we made this decision when we came to you and you gave us the kingdom. And so, Lord, with joy, we release everything we have, whether it's relationships, whether it's our wife, our husband, our children, our homes, our cars, whatever. They're not ours, and we acknowledge again in this moment that you are the owner of all, and we give up all of our possessions. We renounce them and sign them all over to you, and we just say, show us what to do, and we'll do it because we're just stewards. Thank you for the privilege of partnering with you in building your kingdom in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so just a couple things here, and um, we'll release you guys. Okay, so I was going to teach part two. I mentioned that three weeks ago. Part two was coming. Today was supposed to be the day, but I guess we'll, we'll figure out when it's going to be next. Um, as you guys know, or some of you know, uh, when it comes towards December, we do our staff preaching. So this was supposed to be my last day of preaching this year. Um, so you won't hear me again until next year. But our, uh, our staff will teach all the uh, Sundays in December. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're actually going to have a worship team panel. They'll be up here. So they're going to speak into what the Lord is doing in worship. Um, but I just wanted to make you aware of that. Um, also, take this home with you because I do want to hit this eventually, okay? So on the front side, we talked about five characteristic, characteristics out of Ezekiel 34 and John 10 of irresponsible shepherds, uh, false leaders. And um, on the, the other side, today I was going to hit the anointing and the function of a true shepherd. <clears throat> I want to say this. After seeing what the Lord did today, we absolutely need real shepherds in the body of Christ, who are willing to step in when it gets messy and just get involved and speak the truth in love. There is such a prophetic spirit on this body where God is speaking this and he's speaking that, and we want that to happen. We love that to ha when that happens. But also, too, we need some mature leaders to bring correction when there needs to be correction. Right? There's eight functions I put on here. One of them is about number five, shepherds warn and correct the flock with gentleness. Okay? So there's just a weight of responsibility upon you, not just the elders. We will do the best to do our part, but there is a weight of responsibility on you as well. And my prayer is that the Lord would release upon this body a heart to shepherd. Right? We love the fivefold ministry. We want the fullness. Well, you need the grace to shepherd just as much as you need a grace to prophesy and to teach and to evangelize and so on. 